1: I jump out of bed because I love my life. Living on my terms, I know that I will thrive. Being myself, clarity will love thrive. So I'll stand out and be J-U-I-C-Y. Stand down and be J-U-I-C-Y.
0: How would you deal with being in jail day after day and not knowing if or when you'd ever be released? Our guest spent 1,352 days in jail, and now, just a few years later, works globally as the chief joy bringer. Her name is Karen Volo. She is an expert in engagement, personal organizational development, and an international best-selling author of two books, one called 1,352 Days, <laughs> about her journey in jail, and her other more professionally focused book, Engage. She has over 20 years experience working with Fortune 500 companies. She is regularly recognized as a global leader and employee engagement expert. And recently she was named as one of the 15 most influential women in human resources. And she articulates her purpose as bringing joy to the workplace. I am so excited to be able to tell her story. I can't think of a better way to kick off the Get Fucking Real podcast than with this woman. When I met her, it was eight years ago. She was less than a year outside of this ordeal she had been through, and she was already focused on wanting to invest in a mentor and get on with launching the next iteration of her life and her business, and I cannot wait for her to tell her story and hold the space and share it with you, so let's get on with it. Karen Volo, hi. I am so excited to have you here. I'm excited to be here, Lisa.
1: Thank you so much for inviting me on your your show here.
0: <laughs> you are so welcome. Oh my gosh. I feel like Get Fucking Real was like made for you. <laughs>
1: <laughs> I, I'm going to take that as a compliment because I know you mean it that way, but uh, sometimes you wonder. <laughs>
0: <laughs> you know, to to have a platform uh, and a way to tell stories like yours, like just like I feel like you know, I, I tell guests, you know, that, that GFR is going to give them a megaphone for their story. And even though I know that you've written a book and you know, and we, and uh, um, well, we'll, we'll talk about that in the, um, in the show notes, all that good stuff. Um, you've told the story, but to tell it here and to tell it in the context of, you know, that it has a purpose, right. That it all, it all led you to where you are now. And that's, all what we're all about here, so that entrepreneurs know that whatever it is that they're going through serves them. So I'm I'm super excited to to give that more more of a voice, and um, I'm I'm excited that um, that we have this technology too that allows us to connect. Um, and some of our listeners will see be able to see the video, and some of them will um, just be able to get the audio through the podcast and um, And so that's fun too, is that we get to have a multimedia experience as well <laughs> across across the the world. So where are you? Tell everybody where you are?
1: <laughs> yeah, i'm I'm based in Stockholm, Sweden, um, so that's kind of where I call home base, but I do quite a bit of travel and do work quite a bit internationally. but you're right. this technology is amazing because it's connecting people all over the world and um, in amazing ways.
0: Yes, all right. Let's just jump right in here, okay? So, really, your your life story is all about your get fucking real moment, or I call it like your wormhole story, and it it you know it it is what you know you know we met. Let me just give a listeners a, a little background. We met um, eight years ago, and it was just one year outside of this story, you know, outside of this these events that happened to you. Um, and I just remember being so enamored by like this person that I was, you know, speaking to and, you know, we were talking about, you know, um, working together in a program and I was just like, how is this person even like thinking about, you know, stuff like this, you know, only one year after, um, what they went through. So, um, I'm still, I'm still in awe you've been in my heart all this time (laughs) and I'm super excited about. This question. So let's say the question again. It, your life story is is really so rooted in your GFR moment, and so much is serving your purpose. So, tell us tell us the story.
1: Yeah. So, um, it, it's this moment, or should I say, uh, 1,352 days of a GFR moment um, that really put me on my life's work and my purpose now. And um, to kind of give the story in a, in a little abbreviated version. Um, Many, many years ago, I had married a man who, um, you know, is the father of my two biological father, of my two children, and uh, basically he um, ended up being a professional con man. And so I moved to Sweden when I found out, or when he got convicted, and um, did research on him and found out that everything he had told me was lies. So I rebuilt my life. I thought that was my GFR moment. That was probably my first GFR moment because I really went through um, a huge level of cognitive dissonance knowing or understanding that someone had lied to me so deeply that way that I was, you know, having children by a man, I didn't even know who he was. So I rebuilt my life in Sweden.
0: Yes. Um, I I like how you like, let's just pause. You're right. Like that is enough. Like if we just stop the story right there, married a con man, like, you know, like, so, so, so yeah. So we're going to about to put an additional layer on this and our listeners um, have also had some kind of major betrayal, you know, really invested emotionally, physically, financially into something that they really believed was the thing that they were supposed to be doing. And then, you know, and then, and then it wound, you know, wound up that it wasn't and are, you know, having all of those feelings around, you know, you know, feeling somehow, you know, how can I have done that kind of thing? So let's- So so
1: let me just- yeah. add something to this. Please. I didn't deal with my shit at that time. I swept it under the carpet and wanted to move on with life and just had this tremendous amount of shame with myself for how could I have not seen this? How could I have been so dumb? I bet beat myself up quite a bit for that, for not understanding that that was really you know where that person was coming from. Yeah. So that was a really... Um, when it comes to part two of this story, that was a really interesting thing to reflect back on. So fast forward six years, my life is going great. I'm in executive search and headhunting. I'm ready to franchise my business out. Um, working with John Asraf, he's my business mentor. I come to the US and have this fantastic amazing week where I'm ready to, you know, probably one of the best weeks of my life where I was just so excited and motivated and ready to, you know, build this business and go out and make it happen. And as I was getting ready to board the plane, Um, after this amazing week, two US Marshals were there. And they said these seven words that just completely froze my life. They said, we have a warrant for your arrest. And they took me into custody. Wow. And I heard my first husband's name. And I just knew, oh, I'm in deep shit. Okay. And I went into a bit of shock. And, uh, you know, just everything was like in slow motion. But basically, they ended up taking me into a high security jail a holding facility in downtown San Diego, where I ended up staying for 1,352 days. Um, That's almost four years. It's three years, nine months, and nine days. Yes, I counted every single day because at that time, um, you know, when it started happening, I didn't have any clue or concept that it could possibly even go on that long. And just trying to survive in that environment and get through on a day-to-day basis, my life went 180 degrees. And, you know, went from this amazing, like, oh, I'm ready to just take off, to crash and burn and just sitting in a you know 10 by 12 cell with three other women and trying to survive day by day in a very very dark and negative environment and um so i did a lot of things mentally you know um emotionally trying to survive on a day-to-day basis i was visualizing i had my you know i I, i'd watched the the secret with john he was in the film and i watched that twice It was, it was like a month before the movie was released. So I thought, okay, if anybody has tools to handle this, I can manage this. And so I was working with affirmations and I was visualizing and I was meditating and I was doing all of these different things. And, um, you know, it just dragged on and on and on. And over that period, um, I, I sometimes will refer to it as kind of my spiritual boot camp because I really went through so much trying to just figure out how can I stay in a positive frame of mind in this really dark negative environment and with living with this uncertainty and fear and all the things that come up when you're, you know, your life's in the GFR space. Um, I will say, you know, the hardest thing for me was not seeing my daughters. They were um, six and eight when it started. So I missed a big chunk of their lives.
0: Um,
1: that, you know, just trying to survive through that. I, fortunately, I could call them and talk to them on a regular basis. We were writing letters, so I had contact, but it was still, you know, really, really a horrific situation to to be in that environment. Um, and so, you know, I the way that I survived was just basically, you know, Reading all these self help books, doing all the exercises in them, figuring out, you know, what works for me and meditating three hours a day and doing yoga and teaching yoga and all sorts of different things. It
0: sounds great, except for the fact that you were in prison. (laughs) It's, well, it sounds like a spiritual retreat that we all wish we can, you know, be on at any given time for, for short periods of time. And, but you're, yeah, yeah. You, you, and, and let
1: me just say, it was not a prison. It was a jail. There is a difference. Jail, okay. you're not convicted of anything. So okay. it's a really uncertain environment. When you're in a prison, you're convicted. You have a day you're going to be released. You know that for a fact. When you're in a jail, you don't know. You're just going through the process.
0: I'm learning um, something. That's very yeah. interesting. And thank you for that distinction. <laughs>
1: I know most people don't know the difference, but basically They're what well had happened, <laughs> well, what had happened was that my first husband had used my name on documents down in Mexico. I was born there and that they were trying to extradite me. So that's, I kind of fell between the cracks of a whole legal system and, um, you know, trying to get through that whole environment and, or that whole situation was just a really long drawn out process. Um, I was, like I said, meditating three hours a day and visualizing, and I had this vision of, you know, the, the. I basically had a choice like on a regular basis oftentimes during the day to choose the fear of the worst that could possibly happen and I would have these emotions running over me and being really scared shitless and not knowing how I'm going to survive and then just flipping my mind over to know I'm released I'm going to go home my charges are dropped I'm going to raise going to be a mom to my kids and raise my family um And so basically in the end, that's exactly what ended up happening. My charges were dropped. I was completely exonerated. I was released and I did get to go home. And um, yeah, it was just, you know, and then there's a whole like kind of the next phase of that. It wasn't as bad as that, but coming back from that environment um, was really tough trying to figure out, you know, how am I gonna, what am I supposed to do with all of this? Um, Just went through a whole lot of different things. And I think, you know, when you talk about the GFR moment, for some people it might be just a moment and for some it might be a few months for some, it might be a few years. (laughs) And I mean, it was just like, you know, just know that it's not always something that happens quickly and you get through really fast, but you've got to figure out ways that you can survive and get through it and just know that, you know, you will get through whatever it is, whatever shit's hitting the fan in your life, you're going to get through it.
0: Yes. Yes. That's a really, uh, It's a really good point and a more profound coming from you, right? Like that, that's the point of of this community, this podcast is, is, is that to tell, for people to to tell these stories and to say shit like that, but like, it's not trite. (laughs) It's like, no, this is coming from, you know, somebody who had to get through something like you did, um, in a way that you did. Yeah. Thank you for that. And,
1: And I will tell you, I do a lot of speaking and, um, You know, I'll often share the story in the beginning. I don't spend a lot of time talking about it, but I have so many people coming up to me afterwards and just saying, oh, you know, I'm, you know, I'm not going through anything what you've gone through, but I'm going through this. And it opens it up so that we can have a deeper connection because there is a vulnerability in sharing the shit you've gone through in life. Um, And coming back to what we talked about from phase one of this whole GFR moment is that while I was sitting in that environment, I thought, there is no way I'm going to feel shame about having gone through this. I have freaking survived, and I am going to be proud of it. And I was not going to be calm about it. And one of the things that I've learned going through that is you've got to deal with all the emotional baggage you're carrying, because otherwise it comes back and bites you in the butt again. You know, I kind of feel like that's what happened. So for me, having that time... Yeah, it wasn't a lovely little you know, yoga retreat. I wish it would have been, but um, I really was working on my emotions and trying to you know, heal and work on forgiveness and really work on a lot of different things that kind of cleared me from um, carrying this on and being really completely uh, devastated by the whole thing. I came back stronger because of that, I think, because I made those choices and did the inner work that we often don't have the time to do.
0: Yes, and and are you saying that you did that work there while you were in the experience or afterwards?
1: Both. I've done it both. Um, I worked on what I could while I was there. I worked a lot on forgiveness. So, you know, someone coming out of that type of a situation could have been really angry or bitter or you know, all of that. And I made a very conscious choice. I'm not going to be angry. I'm not going to be bitter. I'm going to take the lessons from this. I'm going to you know forgive, move on. Just because you forgive, forgiveness isn't something you do that makes it okay for whatever has happened to you it frees you from carrying it and moving forward and um or being able to move forward in your own life and that's why you forgive so you don't forgive to let the other person off the hook you forgive to free yourself so that you don't have to carry the 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 baggage anymore um and that was really you know if you talk about strategies in terms of how to survive something like that i think forgiveness is one of the major things Um, you know One of the other things I've definitely learned is that our our thoughts create so much of our lives. And until you actually learn that, um, you create by default. And so you're always reactive to life. But when you start to understand the power of our minds and our thoughts and our visions and how you can create your life by the thoughts and the emotions that you're feeling, then you can start to shift your life. Then you get back in the driver's seat and you pull the power back into, you know, who you are and that's one of the things I also learned. So, um, you know, um, I'm all about, I have this bigger purpose of bringing joy to the world and the company I'm running now is called Evolution and we bring joy to the workplace (laughs) and I do corporate training and I've taken all these things that I've gone through and figured out a way to kind of wrap it in a way that I can go into large corporations and and do corporate training and, and empower people and show them, hey, this is how you can be the best version of yourself. So, you know, finding those GFR moments um, and turning it into something good for me, that's really a lot of my whole story that I like to share, because that to me is like the inspirational part. Like, wow, you went through that and then you've done this with that. It's like, oh, and I think it inspires people. I think it does, too.
0: I think it does, too.
1: (laughs) One of the exercises I did after I got home was just, I was trying to find my way because I knew when I got home, I just knew intuitively I needed to do something with this whole experience. I knew that if I went back to the executive search and the headhunting, that something in me was going to die or something. You couldn't just
0: pick up your life where you left off.
1: No, (laughs) because I knew that this was happening for a much bigger reason. So it took me a while to
0: figure that out. When did Um, you have that sense? This is happening for a bigger reason. Did you, did you know it in the, in the the experience or? Absolutely.
1: Absolutely. Because there were so many things that were happening that was just like, okay, this isn't about me and my miserable little life right now. There's something else going on here. And it was some of the people I met, or it was the, you know, the synchronicities and the, I just got a lot of different signs saying that, okay, there's something else going on here. So I really learned to lean into trust quite a bit. Um, one of the exercises I did afterwards trying to figure out, you know, what am I supposed to do with my life now <laughs> was, you know, figuring out what are, what are the three words that, you know, kind of describe the essence of who I am. And it was an exercise that, you know, I took several hours with it, but I filtered it down to three different words. The first one was inspiration, because I was so fed up with being in such a negative environment. I wanted to be around, surrounded with things that inspired me, um, things that, you know, that I could inspire others and that inspired me. So really positivity, but inspiration. The second one was joy. And it's all about, for me, joy is Happiness infused with love. So it's something that comes from the inside. So even happiness if you have
0: infused with love, love Very
1: tweetable. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. It's a tweetable. Um, and, and basically what that means is just, you know, it's, it's something that comes from inside of you. So even if you're going through difficult moments, you can still have moments of joy, even if you're in your GFR moment. Um, And then the the third thing for me was evolution and we're always evolving. Things are always changing. We're always growing and developing. And so those are the three words I came up with. And that was, gosh, what would have that been eight, nine years ago now? And I still live by those words. They haven't changed yet. They might in the future. I don't know, but I still, those are my three key
0: words. Beautiful inspiration, joy, Joy, defined by happiness infused with love and evolution. (laughs)
1: which is the name of my company now, Evolution, although it's spelled differently, but yeah.
0: Beautiful. I love the way that you share how you were conscious and present in the experience and like metabolizing the experience while you're in it. And, you know, I have these moments of where it's like a mini GFR, you know, moment of, you know, the car breaking down or, um, you know, being super late for something or like, these are like day to day moments where I'm like, I could feel that I am already like, you know, 10 miles down the road, you know, late for the thing, you know, like I'm, I'm totally not present. And, and then I get much more mindful about the experience that I'm in. Um, you know, I was sick for two weeks and I'm like, you know, there was moments where, you know, it just can, you can get into such despair when you're sick over a long period of time. Like, it, of course, this is nothing compared to what you went through. And there is absolutely something to learn that I could take and I can use right now in my everyday life from what you're saying. You know, it's like how how present can I be? And can I trust that this is happening for a purpose? Like I am late because I am not supposed to be there when I think I am, <laughs> you know, you know, things like that. Or I'm, I'm sick. My health isn't a hundred percent and which is having me change my life in these ways, because that is the experience that I'm, you know, supposed to be having now. So to that's, it's, it's like, do you feel that there is value in practicing these things on a daily basis in these little ways that helps to, deal with those bigger GFR moments. Absolutely.
1: I mean, we're human beings. We're always going to go up and down on the emotional scale. Um, We're always going to have things that come up that you just have no control over. Um, It's what you do have control is how you either react or respond. So if you react to it, it's just kind of a kick, uh, the knee jerk response and you just kind of aren't in control of your emotions when you have something happen to you that could be say a negative thing or whatever, but you can just take a moment, pause, put a little space in there and say, okay, this is happening without being triggered. How do I want to respond to this? And just by being that conscious and and aware, it's you're taking your power back. So you're able to, um, I guess what you're saying, I mean exactly what you're saying is be more mindful or more present and be able to manage it in a lot more effective way for yourself. So um, when you learn those things, it it changes your life. And I think, I don't know if that comes with age. (laughs) Maybe it's one of those things that comes because you get old and you realize, I've been through so much shit, I can handle this too. Um, (laughs) But it might be more that, um, you know, just this, willingness to to embrace life with the ups and the downs and know that, you know, I mean, even after all this, I've had my ups and downs and, you know, there's moments where it's just like, oh, how am I going to get through this one now? And you just breathe and you learn these techniques and you meditate and you figure, okay, it's going to be okay. And you lean into trust and, you know, depending on what your, your spiritual or religious beliefs are, you lean back on that and think, okay, you know, get me through this
0: one yeah. too. And do you say like, at least I'm not in jail? I mean, do you, do you have it as like this? <laughs> point? You know, like, because I think, I think, I think when we get through big, hairy, crazy shit like that, whether it's surviving cancer or what you, you know, like my belief is in my experience is that it gives it context, you know, and there's the fortitude. So do you, or do you just like, do you ever say shit like that? Karen, I want to (laughs) know. At least I'm not in jail. Um,
1: You know, I don't think back on that time so much now. Um, so I don't really say that on a conscious level to myself anymore. I think I did earlier. But when something really goes like haywire, I just think, ah, I've been through worse. This is, this is fine. I'll get through this. I've been
0: through worse, right? That's the, that's yeah. the, that's the um, overarching, overarching thing. thing. Yeah. <laughs> I've been through much worse. Yes, absolutely. Yeah.
1: yeah. So and, the
0: book that you wrote is uh, 1,352 days. That's the book that you wrote about your...
1: So that's the personal story. Yeah. yeah and yeah. Uh, that really goes deep into the whole journey and all the, you know, you were, we were talking about, you know, if this was happening for a bigger purpose, I share a lot of stories in there about making me, what was making me realize that there's way more going on than just, you know.
0: Can you share one of those stories?
1: Yeah, sure. You know, one of the things that, and I'll say this kind of ties into a GFR moment as well, because I do believe that with every GFR moment that we have in life, if you're really present, there's always a gift inside of it somewhere. So because I was meditating three hours a day, and it wasn't three solid straight hours, but, you know, six times a day or whatever, and half an hour here and there. But it was a lot. I was meditating a lot. Because was for me, I was escaping mentally. Yeah. Um, but I actually ended up receiving a series of children's books from my daughters. And they were called Bringing Joy to the World. And I wrote these series of children's books. I wrote 27 while I was there over time. But the thing is, they, they got channeled to me. I didn't, I mean, I would just be in meditation and all of a sudden the words would start plopping into my brain and I would open up my eyes and write it down. And then I'd do another meditation and then I'd get pictures and images to go with, you know, all the different words. So there was it was like this magical thing. And for me, that was the one thing that made me feel like, okay, my time here is not, being a complete waste, because I was like, you know, I contribute to society. I'm a good person. Why am I here? (laughs) I don't get this. And then like, you know, that to me was a a beautiful gift. And I I love those stories. I only have um, 13 of them available out right now, but uh, you know, it's a project I want to come back to at some point and kind of get the rest out there.
0: Yes. I Um, I have one. I know that you gave me one. Um, I'm remembering now. Yes. And, and my daughter, when we met, you know, um, in 2011, you know, she was born in 2006. So six, seven, eight, nine, 10, 11, this public, public math, um, you know, four or five years old. Um, I remember, um, I remember, I remember reading it and, 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 and again, thinking about the context that you were in when, you know, that story was birthed.
1: Yeah. that's so And, and those to me, those, stories are are the gift and that is one of those synchronistic things that made me feel like there's something else way bigger going on and and it, it was one of the things that really kept my daughters um kind of gave them tools to to work on difficult things and what they were going through in a, in a deeper level so it it was they're really special and that's my whole theme now that has led me to my purpose in life you know i'm all about, I, i'm known as a chief joybringer and i'm like um you Can know i got this constant Chief, chief joy bringer
0: <laughs> joy, chief joy bringer nice yes let's talk about where you are now and how this has served like how this is perfectly on purpose you know brought you to where you are now
1: <laughs> yeah so um the interesting thing is in those years right after you know coming back and and you know when we first met i was trying to find my way how can i get my message out into the world and um um it was it was an interesting thing because when we first met the, the Bringing Joy stories, I thought that was going to be my platform. And I realized pretty early on that, you know, the parenting market didn't resonate with me for, for whatever reason. Um, I just didn't feel like that was where I was supposed to be, where I could serve the best. And so I kind of had to backtrack a little bit and figure out, well, where do I feel like I serve the best? And that led on a journey to end up writing a book called Engage, which is really the purpose of, um, or the foundation of the whole business that I run now. And Engage is all about, you know, how do you create an environment and a company culture that people love? Because, you know, we all have 24 hours in a day and the majority of us are spending most of our time at work. So it's like, you got to love what you do. Right. Um, and so that, that book came out before my personal story. So I thought my personal story was going to come out first and that kind of engaged, totally pivoted us and, and made us, you know, start to work on, um, getting that book out and and publishing a book is all it's that's its own story in itself. But um, when that book came out, that's when I started doing a lot of public speaking on engagement because people weren't really talking about that as much back then. That was 2013, 14, basically. And then that's what's led me to the company that I have now, which is corporate training and, you know, evolution, um, because I believe we're all evolving and always growing. Right. And uh, so I take that into the business world and I work with um, cultural transformation, engagement, employee engagement, um, purpose, discovering your purpose, and then also building trust and working like on the latest with the neuroscience of engagement and trust and net leadership and how do you empower people. And and it's like so much fun to teach people and especially leaders this stuff, because once you learn the power of, um, you know, our thoughts and our emotions, and also once you learn the neuroscience behind it, it's like you can't unlearn that you just practice it. So it really shifts the way people look at things very quickly.
0: Beautiful. I love that. I love that you call yourself the um, chief joy bringer. (laughs) CJB. (laughs) CJB. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I love that. What was success for you before this, your, your GFR story, your part one, your part two, what did like success and your belief system look like before versus how it is now?
1: Oh, that's a really good question. Um, I remember reading a book and I don't remember which book it was exactly, um, (laughs) which sounds funny, but anyway, um, it was about, you know, climbing the entrepreneurial mountain. I think it was um, Robert Allen or um, uh, what's his name, his partner, Hanson. Victor Hansen, I think oh, it was Mark one of their Victor books.
0: Hansen. Mm-hmm. Yes. Thank
1: you. Mark Victor. Hansen. Anyway, I just remember reading this and it was talking about the entrepreneurial mountain. And for me, you know, I was ready to, I was all set up to climb that entrepreneurial mountain and build this executive search firm. It was going to be franchised out throughout Europe and all this great stuff. And when I came home, I knew that, gosh, that wasn't my mountain. <laughs> that wasn't the mountain I was supposed to be climbing. It's like, what it's is it? Like they
0: say about putting a ladder against the wrong wall. <laughs> Yeah, you get up there and like, oh man, that's the wrong place,
1: right? Um, so it, it kind of pivoted my life. So, I mean, my my definition of success back then was probably, you know, getting this business up and running and having all these franchises out there and all that kind of stuff. And, and now, you know, with where I'm at now um, – for me, it's more about reaching people on an individual basis and empowering people, um, whether they're employees, whether they're leaders, whether they're entrepreneurs, doesn't matter to me. I just want people to feel like they can be their best version of themselves and empower them to create a life that they love, whatever way that, whatever form that takes. So, um, You know, for me, I think it's more about reaching more people just because, um, you know, I have a message and people can do this and this is the way you can do it. And I can show you if you want to, you know, find out more or work with me in any way or just, you know, hear this and go out and figure it out yourself and go do it. Yes. (laughs) Figure out a way to bring joy and and live the best version of yourself.
0: Yeah, that's awesome. And you have some free gifts that we'll we'll make sure that we talk about um, for the listeners. Uh, and, And I just, I want to reflect something that you... So I asked you about you know what did success look like before and after and the before was I'm going to build this franchise and we're going to do this exec search thing all over the world, um, so it was more like this is what I'm going to do, um, and 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 when you talk about success after it's it's about your purpose right it's about mm-hmm. I really want to touch you know individual lives and you know and and so do you feel like that's part of what shifted is that success before was more about, I want to build this thing and not so much like the life it was going to give you or how it was going to like, you know, change, change the world. And then, you know, after that, like you said, inspiration is one of your words. Do you, do you feel like it's definitely more about that for you now than it was before?
1: I'd say it's more about impact for me. That's what kind of drives me and motivates me. And it is definitely purpose-driven. Um, I'm much more purpose-driven because I've got the clarity. I know what my purpose is. I know why I was born. I know why I'm here. This is all of it. And when I look at the work I do today, it's it's a combination of taking my professional experience pre-GFR I don't want to say moment because it was more than a moment. Yeah, I, I know. know I'm, I'm still, I'm still going to, that. That. Yeah. to come up with a new name for that GFR.
0: Big now. ass GFR moment. <laughs> Big hairy GFR moment.
1: <laughs> yeah. So well, then I'm, we've got that block of my life where I was, you know, going through just total personal growth and development and trying to survive and all that kind of stuff. And then with what I do now, it's kind of a combination of everything has come together in a way that, um, I think is beautifully synchronized and aligned to really help me to do what I'm supposed to be doing. This is, this is the reason I'm here, you know? Um, Yeah. So I think it's just, it's, and, and, you know, when you're young or you're starting out or maybe you're not that young, but you're still, you know, trying to figure things out, um, I mean, I do, I work with people figuring out their purpose and you can be, you know, 40 or 50 or 60 and still not know your purpose. And that's okay. It is absolutely okay. You've got to just kind of understand that it's all all about the journey. It's all about appreciating where you are, what you've gone through. And, um, one of my favorite quotes, and I'm not going to quote it exact, but Steve Jobs gave some commencement, um, Speech and he was talking about looking back. That all these, you know, you can't connect the dots looking forward, you have to connect the dots looking back. And I think that's so relevant because we all go through things and you think, This doesn't make sense. Why is this happening? And then, you know, five or 10 years down the road, you're like, Ah, so that's why that happened. It makes sense. It leads, it all kind of comes together. And that's, I think, the beauty of building our lives in the tapestry that we live because, you know, that's what gives us the essence of who we are and it gives us the you know, it's the bad times that make the good times even better. I mean, those are all a little bit, uh, you know, maybe cliche, but it's true. So it's a matter of understanding and appreciating and valuing where you are today and know that, Hey, everything is exactly where it needs to be. It's all perfect. It's all going to come out. Okay. And when you have that deeper spiritual connection on whatever level, you can lean into that trust and just know that even though you're having GFR moments or things are happening, that, uh, You know, it's, it's going to be, it's going to be okay. It's going to be good.
0: And coming from you, I am hearing that in a, a deeper way. And I think that is part of why you went through what you went through, because you can say things like that, that can be perceived as trite or, other words that mean right you know that and and I hear them differently, like I don't you know sometimes we hear things like that like everything's happening for reason and da, 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 you know, and, and I wish I totally believe a hundred percent that's how I live my life um and we can hear somebody say the beautiful words that you just said that I hope people really, really hear and take what you say, and I know that I'm taking what you say, what you're saying in it at a different level, I'm allowing myself to believe what you're saying is true because of your experience. Because of what you have walked through, you have credibility around joy. (laughs) Credibility around joy. That's, you know, like that is what you're sitting here have embodying to me is credibility. You have joy, credibility Campbell. (laughs) right on. There we go. <laughs> because, you know, I, you know, sometimes I, when I talk about the, the bigger GFR moment, I call it a wormhole, you know, kind of like that, that idea of that spatial anomaly in the science fiction movies. Then when you come out the other side, you, you have traveled in time and you have, you, you have had an experience that you could not have gotten any other way. And, and, and I even have used the, the expression that wormhole certified because, honestly, how do you get certified as a joy expert? There is no body that's going to certify you in that. And even though we can chase credentials to the cows come home to fill us and validate us internally and what we perceive to be externally, um, sometimes nothing else but a life experience that you have shared with us gives us the credibility that we need to take a stand for our purpose. And as you said, for why you were born, I believe.
1: So, so let me share a little reflection here. I believe that our world is going through a major GFR moment right now. Mm -hmm. Collectively. I have gone through what I went through with my marriage where I was completely betrayed, totally lied to thought I, you know, trusted and loved this man and found out he was completely different from what I thought he was. And we're in the process of going through that globally. And I think it's fascinating to watch what's happening, you know, and I think we need to keep ourselves out of, you know, the negativity, everything that's bombarding us. We need to feed our brains with positivity, but we also need to understand that we're raising the frequency of the planet. And we do that on an individual basis by choosing to be in joy by choosing to have positive thoughts and, and, you know, be loving and kind, and then it spreads. And the more that we can get that out there, um, you know, and turn off that freaking media that is just so (laughs) negative and and just realize, gosh, this one-on-one connections, we're sitting here in two different continents and we can see each other and talk and have this amazing conversation. And it's just, the, the world is going to an amazing, beautiful place. And that's my belief anyway, that with all this chaos that's going on right now, we're going to come out of this wormhole and it's going to be freaking awesome. (laughs) We just have to get through it and we need to do this collectively. And that gives everybody an opportunity and a chance to be thinking about, okay, how can I be the best version of myself? What can I do to make the world a better place? You know, and I think we're seeing also, I see it all the time that both on an individual basis, but also organizationally with companies that They want to do good. They want to make a difference. They want to do something that helps the planet. Because we have one planet, right? So what can we do to fix that? And uh, the the sooner we come together collectively through love and connection and kindness and compassion and all those positive things, the sooner we'll get there. And I think we're definitely on on that journey and on that path right now. Beautiful. Get me on my soapbox about that. I
0: love it. I love it. You can feel it's it what, right on
1: our soapboxes. <laughs> I want to calm people down to say, don't freak out over what's going on. It's all a part of the process. We're going to an amazing place. And I just, I feel that in my heart of hearts that it's going to be good. It's really going to be good. As I soon agree. as we come together, it's going to be really, really good. It's to so just be. focus on love, focus on joy and just, you know, keep, keep showing up in a really good way.
0: Yes. Oh, Amen. So that brings me to my favorite last question, which is, if you knew then what you know now, what advice would you give somebody in the thick of their GFR wormhole? <laughs> oh my God, everything I just said. <laughs> yes, I know. It was so great. It was so great. <laughs> and, 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 and I want you to drop in to, um, to the Karen Volo before and the Karen Volo after, and that. Yeah. Bolo before let's speak to her and all the care, you know, all those people in that before stage. Um, Yeah. What advice would you,
1: yeah, I would just say, you know, just lean into trust, Um, you know, focus on trying to figure out why you're here, figure out your purpose. That's probably the most important work any individual can do is figure out their, their bigger purpose as to why they're here. Um, And then just, you know, try and keep yourself in, as positive a frame of mind as possible, given whatever's happening in your life. Um, one of the things that I had created while I was sitting there was in, in this environment was a tool that I call the geometer. And it's just a level of the different emotions. <laughs> <laughs> yeah and I you know for me it's like I call it a mood management system and it be, it's because I became very aware of my emotions and I knew that if I was like below what I call the ne- the neutral line into the negative emotions those are all coming from fear um and if I could find a way to get myself to feel a little bit better so I could be in the positive emotions which are all coming from love and for me that's living on vibrant energy then then you know I'd feel better so um you know so I think we <laughs> Yeah, well, we, we have basically these two emotional states of being, either fear or love. And the, as long as you can be 51% or more of your time in the love emotions, the positive emotions, you're going to be attracting good things into your life. Um, so anyway, so yeah, I think just, you know, in terms of advice is just lean into trust, know your purpose, and then try and stay, you know, as, as positive as you can about things.
0: Lean into trust, know your purpose, and stay as positive as you can about things. Yeah. Awesome. That's awesome. <laughs> I love it. And and um and of course because you are living your purpose and you believe so much in people finding their purpose, you have um something that our listeners could take advantage of um that will help them get on their way to that if that's something that they're desiring. Do you want to talk a little bit about that?
1: Yeah. Um so I basically, you know, I have um uh, my main my main site where I do most of my work is with Evolution, and that's spelled E V O L O S H E N. So the S H E N is kind of Chinese for spirit, so it's evolving spirit. So you see where the name comes from. Nice. Um, so it's E V O L O S H E N dot com. So Evolution dot com, and if you go to forward slash gifts, that's where you can find out a little bit more about. Um, uh, I've got some tools there that people can work with. It's one is basically um, a vision board on steroids. Um, you can get some interviews for some people that I've interviewed that are pretty amazing. Um, and then basically, since I did mention the joyometer, I'll give my personal website too. And that's really easy. Cause that's where that's the main gift on the personal okay. website. Well, and that's the joyometer
0: my is what came out of your mouth. So that that is <laughs> what is meant to be. <laughs> I know, so it'll help people. Yeah.
1: Um, and that's just my name, karenvolo.com, um, K-A-R-I-N-V-O-L-O.com. Um, and that's the main gift. There's the the Joyometer, so people get okay. access to that on that yeah. list. And we will and, we'll
0: put all these um, links in the show notes and everything to make it super easy for everybody. And uh, yeah, the Joyometer, I was intrigued by that. So that's cool. Mood management system. Who doesn't need that? Um, <laughs>
1: yeah, it's beautiful. And actually, I
0: give, I give a recording
1: on that that tells you the backstory because it was something that was developed um, with a cute little story with my daughters, but I'll let you guys listen to that.
0: Yeah. Awesome. That's so great. So, so thank you for your final advice and, um, and sharing so candidly and authentically your story and um, giving us the gift, like having the gift of that, of your experience and your intent, your purpose from that experience extend to, Um, to the listeners here and everyone that's going to be you know impacted by um, this in some way I really appreciate you I am grateful that our paths crossed Um, I'll never forget talking with you eight years ago um, and we were and and you said no I I can't come to the retreats because um, you know uh, I I can't leave the country and and I mean just and I was just like what like you know I've heard all kinds of excuses for why people don't want to travel. Um, but, uh, extradition and jail and all those things were, were never part of it. And so you've inspired well, well that, me. That,
1: that was resolved. It was just, it's a conscious choice that I have made not to come back to the U S at this point still. Um, you know, I can, I can, whatever I want to, but, um, someday I will. Yes.
0: Um,
1: but yeah, that was too fresh back then.
0: It was too <laughs> was fresh. Like... Well, and that, you know, and that speaks to, um, the arc of the post you know GFR wormhole experience, and how we, we talked about it before we were starting the interview about how the healing process has us create a different relationship to all the, these stories and these experiences. And so, you know, at the time it was like, nope, that's you know, that that at the time that was not possible in your experience, and now you have a different you know relationship to it, and um, and that just you know, that speaks to um, how these experiences shape us and how we continue to evolve um, our relationship to them.
1: Yeah, and I think, you know, in in kind of closing and summing up everything that um, just everybody needs to know that we're all going to have these GFR moments and just know that, um, you know, you're a survivor, you can get through it, and it's actually probably going to make you a stronger and better person just because of what you've gone through and survived and, you know, make that conscious choice to turn it into something good.
0: Well said. Thank you very much, Karen Volo. Thank you. Pleasure to be here. Bye. Wow. Oh my gosh. (laughs) I still am in awe. And when I hear stories like this, it really does change my whole perspective on my own journey day to day and what it all means. I asked Karen about our get fucking real 12 commandments and which one she thought was most applicable to her experience. And the one that she thought would serve her the most either during it or even afterwards. And she said, commandment number four, and that is trust your struggle serves your mission. Trust your struggle serves your mission. And that confession question is how will what I learned from this struggle serve me and my clients? How have past struggles served me? Now, she admitted that she realized she never dealt with some major emotions around her former husband, and I feel like this is right where that commandment number four would have served her early on. To her credit, she dealt with those feelings, that stuff, while she was in jail, and I really believe that her starting the road to forgiveness and tell me if you all agree with me but i believe her starting that whole focus on forgiveness while she was there made life after more about what she was going to do next who am i instead of a ton of heavy resentment that i think would have really slowed her down if you have not grabbed your copy of the 12 gfr commandments there is a link in our show notes for sure and Uh, The other thing I want to share with you is I asked her to share an extra story for our GFR squad members. And this story, I'm calling it the jailhouse miracle because even a guard who had been working in this jail for years and years and years said that he has never seen anything like what happened when Karen visited the men's jail. If you want to hear that story and take advantage of our Squad Quad Facebook group and be in community around this Get Fucking Real mission, please check out the squad and we would love to see you over there. All right. Bye-bye, y'all. See you next time.